0: These are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room.
1: And welcome, my friends. Yes, we are doing live action animation mash up month here. In the Spoiler Room last week, uh, the wonderful BFD returned to the Spoiler Room, and we talked very lovingly and long about who framed Roger Rabbit. Well, about, oh, four years later, Ralph Bakshi decided, you know what? I can do that. So he came out with the film we're going to talk about tonight. But before we talk about it, I want to introduce you who are the wonderful crew members who have joined me to talk about this interesting film. First off, it is the lovely and talented Dawn is back with us this evening. Hello, Dawn. How are you?
2: I'm fantastic. Happy to be here with you guys.
1: Fantastic. Awesome. Glad you could be here tonight to talk about this. very interested in your perspective of it. And then, yes, the BFD is back. I know two episodes in a row. I am I am a lucky man. I am glad to have him here. The man, the myth, the legend, the BFD himself. It is Mr. Glenn Bittner. Hello, Glenn. How are you, sir? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, glad you're happy to be here, Glenn. You sound like it. <laughs> it's, about to be. it's about to be anywhere else. He's got an hour to kill, you know, and a bowel movement to make, so there you go. No, just kidding i got That's true. <laughs> so, tonight, yes, we are talking about Cool World from Mr. Ralph uh, Bakshi, who directed this interesting movie. And, um, Don, would you like to give the synopsis of Cool World? You can say no, in which
2: case, <laughs> Oh, there's well, the Wow. Well, Ooh. I mean, the synopsis of Cool World. Um, there's noids, humanoids, and there's doodles, cartoons. And once in a while, humans get, and the human world and the doodle world, called cool world, kind of merge and smush and do things. But, you know, cool world is policed. Um, And apparently the whole point of the policing is to make sure that Noids and Doodles don't have sex. And then when they have sex, the world ends. (laughs) That's the entire plot. (laughs) uh,
1: That is very, yes, that's very accurate. That is the core of this plot is that uh Glenn did you have anything to add to the <laughs> synopsis?
0: <laughs> um I would say that this movie is Ralph Bakshi blew his wad on the soundtrack
2: <laughs> and yes. had
0: to cobble together together a film with what he had left. Yes. So the soundtrack for this is phenomenal. Thinking. Yes, folks,
1: it tells you what type of movie we are when we start the conversation about the soundtrack, but you are absolutely right, Glenn. This soundtrack was on heavy rotation in my listing, listening as soon as this movie came out and I saw it. I love the soundtrack, both the score and the vocal songs. I have both of them. Both are fantastic. You were absolutely right on that, uh, and Don, you you were agreeing that uh, the soundtrack to this film, while the film may be a bit lackluster, the soundtrack is not.
2: The soundtrack is absolutely fantastic. Yes, I have I have
0: every single song from this soundtrack on my current phone playlist. Oh, nice, nice. And I mean, I mean, the the names. I mean, you know, figure when this came out too was ninety two. I mean, you have the Thompson Twins, David Bowie, Electronic. Peter Son of London Ministry, the Cult, my life with the Thrill Kill Cult, Mindless Moby, De Juice, uh, Pure, and Brian Enno, or Eno. or you know I've always pronounced it wrong. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, ah, 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 and then the movie, <laughs> then
1: the, movie. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> movie. Yeah, this soundtrack. Uh, actually, there were a couple tracks recorded specifically for the movie too, and some of it. Uh, one of them, I think the, uh, band, one of the bands on here, they recorded it specifically for the movie and they didn't release it till like years later on like a best of or something. <laughs> I forgot which group it was. Unfortunately, I, uh, didn't get a chance to look that back up. But yeah, I mean, it's. Isn't that your job?
0: Isn't that your job, Mark? It is,
1: it is my job and <laughs> I failed miserably at that. But, uh, yeah, this film, the, the soundtrack to this is just. You know, and it it's interesting because with uh the different types of sounds coming out of the '90s, yes, I know we we'll, we'll talk about the film, folks don't worry, but the songs coming out of the '90s uh added to made some interesting soundtracks. There's like "Cool World" and then the Crow was the other vocal soundtrack that th- those two films just have fantastic vocal soundtracks to them. <laughs> Cool world, definitely. I mean, David Bowie's theme song to this is just is just so awesome. And "Play with Me" from the Thompson Twins, back when your yeah. club music what? was. Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, uh, I can say that song alone. "Play with Me." Mm-hmm. I basically think this movie was made for it. it was Ralph Bashy's sat in a room with some people and said, "Hey, remember who framed Roger Rabbit?" People were like, "Yeah, wouldn't you want to, you know, fuck Jessica Rabbit?" Well. I mean, she's a cartoon. But I'm going to make a movie about that. That's what my movie is. <laughs> yeah. Not, basically, screw Jessica Rabbit, and i the role.
1: <laughs> that, that was the feeling I got from watching this back-to-back with Roger Rabbit. It's like he took Jessica Rabbit and the sexual tension that Jessica Rabbit created amongst the men that she talked to, the human men, and just took that one component and said... Yeah, I can make a feature film out of it.
2: <laughs> well, and, I, I and mean, you know, maybe had he gotten a better actress, it might have worked.
1: Ooh, swing <laughs> a swing! Not
2: Kim Bassinger fan.
1: Not a Kim Bassinger fan. fan, are you, Don?
0: Not at all. <laughs> no, neither am I.
1: <laughs> but she did nine and a half weeks. Yeah. She was she was like severe stunt casted for the Fifty Shades Freed when she showed up, and uh, or Fifty Shades Darker. When she showed up, I'm like, wow, this is the ultimate stunt casting that no one in your demograph is ever
0: going to catch. Uh, which, well, go ahead. Yeah, the original casting they wanted uh, it was Tracy Lords.
1: Yeah, he wanted to do Tracy. Well, not only that, because uh, Kim Basinger plays Hollywood who is the girl who, who is the hottie, the Marilyn Monroe knockoff uh, in Cool World. And, of course, she's the one that Jack Debs, who's been drawing, drawing the cartoon of Cool World in the real world, he thinks he's made this up, which he hasn't. It's The world already exists. They're just using his brain. And she wants to make it with him so she can come into the real world and be a real person. And, yeah, she... <laughs> Oh my lord.
0: Well, she's also I mean, I would I would I'm curious to know what Bakshi's original idea would have been. Because he wanted he wanted to do this as a hard R movie, as like action horror. And he wanted and, to and he wanted to call her Debbie.
1: Oh yeah. He wanted it because from Debbie Does Dallas. He literally wanted to call have her be this Hard, he wanted this film, yeah, to be a hard R, and wanted her to be the sex pot. Pardon my my terminology, but still, from his mind, the 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 uh, you know, and be named Debbie from Debbie Does Dallas.
0: Yeah, well, and and the other reason they not like Kim Bassinger is because she's the reason it became a PG movie. Yeah, so because sorry. because she gave pushback because she thought it would. It would be the wrong kind of reaction or that, you know, it would, it would, uh, whatever. She she wanted them to soften the whole image of it because the original, uh, animation wasn't supposed to be like this either. Just this standard cartoon animation. It was supposed to be darker and grittier, uh, from what I heard was supposed to be close, supposed to close more closely resemble like the Sin City movies as far as the now, animation style.
2: Now I noticed, I mean, even as it was, there were so many dark themes in the art and yeah. just in the tones of the movie. They, they touched on war, World War II. They touched on they, – they were right there. There was death, drunk driving, sex, vice, post-traumatic stress disorder, psychosis. I mean, and, and this and, and as it was, they thought it was appropriate for kids. That's nuts. This would have been a fantastic hard-R movie.
0: PG thirteen, so not not for too young kids. Just those who are <laughs> thirteen and older can deal with PTSD and
2: everything else. Most adults can't deal with that. No, they can't. Yeah, can. <laughs> <Most> of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: and, and, and this film is the the cool world that he designed. Take Toontown from uh, you know Roger Rabbit and hit. Uh, you know the feature on Photoshop when you hit negative to where it immediately makes a negative image of <laughs> that world? That's what Cool World is. It's the negative image of Toontown. Yeah. I mean, and he throws in jabs at Disney as well. There's a, there's a sign when I think it's Holly's driving uh, because uh, there's a device that allows toons and doodle uh, loud doodles to travel to the real world. And you to pull real world folks into the doodle world occasionally. So she keeps pulling Jack Deebs into here to try to make it with them. And one time uh, while they're driving, there's a sign in the distance on one of the buildings that is basically Daffy duck with a bunch of like swear, like uh, characters, you know, like you do hashtag and exclamation point above it. Um, <sighs> Doesn't he also throw in a dig at like Disney with the, one of the black and white characters that show up? It resembled like the early Mickey Mouse, or uh, I forgot what the other one was. The name.
2: He also that. did. Um, he also did uh, Pinocchio and Geppetto.
1: Yes, yep. Pinocchio and Geppetto. Uh, they were uh, <laughs> big fat folks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Cool World is this. You could see where it really wants to be a hard R. You, you totally can. Not only the themes, yeah. but just everything, where it's going. You could tell Ralph really wanted to make this a hard <laughs> just, just from the finished product. And, yeah, they got the PG-13 rating because that was uh, the fresh rating that was out, um, you know, uh, thanks to Gremlins and, and Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. So, they <laughs> got the PG-13 rating, which, you know... I surprised me at all that they would think this film was PG with what they did show. Um uh, because yeah.
2: But with w- with with the plot.
1: Yeah. You mean with the with her wanting to have sex with the uh humans just so she could become real? Yes. Yeah. Hollywood is the name. Go figure, Hollywood, like there. But th- it also was made for a great poster, which I actually have. I actually have the poster because okay, this came out in '92. Totally going to admit there was one reason why I really went to see this film, and because I'm a guy, okay, and I was what at '92? I was 13. Yeah, and Gabriel
0: Burns hot. Oh. Well, <laughs> You mean you mean,
1: you mean the Girl. Okay. It was Brad Pitt. I went I was for Brad Pitt. Uh that's why. Uh <laughs> No, I watched cuz it was Kim Basinger and you know in her animated self and yeah, that was my sole motivation. But what's funny is so imagine okay, 92 this was, let's see this came out in uh when did it say? Yeah, July 10th. So my birthday. There you go. Uh <laughs> I was, I was, I turned, I turned 13, uh, not 13. I would have been, uh, no, my at math is wrong. You yeah. know, I am very wrong in my math. I was not. The, the
0: more I researched this movie, um, the more I so said, I, I, I got over what this could have been. Yeah. I'm just imagining, I'm imagining what Bakshi's original vision was. If it hadn't been softened from what it was, I mean, imagine, you know, what, what we got. That's the softened version. Yeah. Imagine if he had had his original casting. So instead of Kim Bastion, you have Tracy Lords playing Hollywood. You have Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. playing the lead. Jack, yeah. He, he mean, was going to
1: play Deebs. He was going to play the animator, wasn't he?
0: Or yeah. Was he? Yeah. He got, yeah. Jack Deebs. He mm-hmm. was going to play the role that, uh, that Gabriel Byrne had. Right. I mean, that alone, holy <laughs> fuck.
2: That would have been awesome. Yeah.
1: Oh hell yeah! I mean, Tracy Lords is a better actress than <laughs> Kim, <laughs> but Kim was the hot item because she just two years, uh, three years prior, she just came out out of Batman. So you know, uh, but
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, a lot of this was all screwed up by uh, uh, Frank Mancuso, uh, Jr. is the one who screwed up a lot of the stuff in here.
1: Yeah, well, he <laughs> he clashed with uh, uh, Back
0: yeah, I I think uh I think Bashi punched him. Yes. Yep. He almost got fired because he punched him.
1: That's right. Yeah, Bashi punched him at one point uh during the filmmaking in this.
0: <laughs> Which tells
1: you what type of film you're getting here. Uh I'm surprised this actually got out at all, in all honesty. Uh, Where I was going for with my rambling with my age, which I apologize to my crew members for, was the fact that, no, my math was off. I was actually, in 92, I was just turning, uh, you know, I had just turned 17. Okay. Um, God, you're young. I know. That's
2: exactly what I was thinking.
1: (laughs) You know, it's not often I'm in amongst a group of people where I'm the youngest, so please bear with me, all right? (laughs) So I just turned, you know, uh, sixteen or seventeen, whatever. Anyway, at that, that middle teenager age, the motivation watching. So I watched this film, and when I'm done, I had no clue what I watched. I did not understand it at all. I was rather disappointed because <laughs> it was, yes, okay. Look, I was teenager boy, all right, but it was not. It was as it was tamer than I thought it was going to be. Didn't recognize the Ralph Bakshi character, you know, the name at all at the time, because uh, I didn't pay attention to those things back then. But yeah, so disappointed because it is a mess. It is it is stunned. It feels stunted uh, and and cut. And the story really, even as it plays out, doesn't make much sense. I mean, Holly's whole motivation is to be a real person. But, you know, and have things and that, but her character is so, oh my God. Don. what did you think of Miss Hollywood? <laughs> Even for 92, what did you think of Miss Hollywood?
2: So I, I, I get her motivation. She is, she is used to being the big fish in the very tiny pond um, in Cool World And she feels that she's outgrown it and wants to go be the big fish in the real world. Big ginormous pond. And I don't consider her a weak female character. Just a stupid one.
1: (laughs) Well, because she, she does have a whole gang. With including Alina hyena ripoff, um, sorry.
2: Yeah, I mean her. I mean her. She is very, very strong in the cool world. She's just really, really stupid. Yes. She doesn't have the knowledge she needs, and she blunders into things, not even caring that she doesn't have the knowledge she needs. Right. Um. And and the way the way I view a lot of these things is: Would it have made a difference if it were a male character doing this? Not really.
1: No, I don't think so in this case.
2: Uh. No, it it was it, it's she is a very strong character in the Cool World. Just stupid. Yeah, yeah that's all I got. And maybe, maybe. She would have come across as more intelligent with a stronger actress.
1: Yeah, I I get what you're saying because uh, with the type of roles Kim Bassinger had played, um,
2: even when you consider Vicky Vale in Batman, she did not. She was not cast, and she did not come across as the intelligent Vicki Vale that I'm used to in Batman.
1: No, but she had a good cast around her that made her, that helped, uh, I think carry her a bit in some of those, yes. in some of those scenes. She had a great cast around her who really worked. You could tell and, and made those scenes a lot better than what they could have been with her. Yes. Just because that's not her strong point with the type of character she plays. And here, as well, it, it kind of is, but the way she plays it, yeah. I mean, there are glimpses of her being a strong female character. Uh, you know, I mean, a, a, a smart woman, but just glimpses. Otherwise, it, it's not consistent in her performance. And I'm not sure what she was trying to go for, but you're right. It just comes up as, for lack of a better term, vacuous. Glenn, what about you with Hollywood? <sighs> <laughs> Yes, God, I missed that.
0: Um, it's obvious that they were you they were, they're were trying to so to go back to like Roger Rabbit. You have Jessica, who is sexy and sensual in the way, but that's because that's she's only that way because she was drawn that way. Right, she doesn't do anything specifically to draw people's attention. She just exists and it draws attention. Where Holly really goes out of her way to be, you know, the bad girl. Right. And, and to draw attention and stuff like that. So, um, it's, you know, it's an interesting concept, but yeah, I mean, she's an idiot. <laughs> she, she is, uh... well, it, it, it might, it, I don't know, maybe idiots not the right word. I mean, maybe it's just that she's just blinded by, by what she wants so badly that she makes incredibly stupid decisions.
1: Yes. It, it, her character really felt because you could see he was going for a Marilyn Monroe rip, not ripoff, but influenced character. In fact, she idolizes Marilyn Monroe. Um, And in, in some ways, she kind of, you know, her mannerisms in that are kind of like a Marilyn Monroe character in one of Marilyn Monroe's movies, but lacking that extra bit it's like the surface of a marilyn monroe carry you, you know what i it does that make sense don am i making it's, you know it's like the shell of,
2: it, it does make sense um but where and if if there was some parallel with marilyn monroe marilyn monroe was not exactly known to be the, the smartest woman in the world but she was known for her impeccable effort right she tried Mm -hmm. and and i'm not so certain that that came across with with holly
1: no holly felt like she was
2: entitled to this attention because of her beauty
1: sweet jesus you pulled that word straight from my brain dawn it popped in there (laughs) entitled that is exactly it she feels entitled because she is the most because let's face it, most of the characters in Cool World are not exactly aesthetically pleasing. So, uh, <laughs> I I'm not trying to be superficial. It's a simple fact. They're backsheet characters. Okay, the majority of them are not drawn. You know, they're drawn. Yeah, it's interesting, but not what you would consider possibly attractive. Drawn attractively drawn characters. So she is an unusual character within Cool World. So she. F- feels kind of entitled because of that and is used to things falling into her lap and having hanger-ons. Her group, her gang, her mob that follows her, Glenn, we saw Roger Rabbit last week. Is Bakshi completely throwing his nose at Roger Rabbit with this gang?
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not even, not even a question of if, it's just he is.
1: Yeah, because you've got, what, you got the baby type character who has a freddy claw and walks around on his hands um you've got a a brute guy you've got like i said before the lena hyena ripoff character in here you got the goofy uh, crazy one which could have been a ripoff from one of the weasels from roger i mean he just he totally rips off those characters into this gang who i actually found the gang kind of interesting glenn what did you think of her gang
0: uh, it's about the only interesting thing in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you want to see more of them?
1: I did. Mm-hmm. They, they could uh, have almost use their own spin off. <laughs> hmm. That'd be interesting.
0: that actually dead? That would be interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Glenn's looking up. Hmm. Licensing for characters in Cool World.
0: <laughs> yeah. I could probably, for the studio, they'd be like, for what? <laughs> the movie Cool World uh, You mean the Jamaican one with, with Charred Candy? No. <laughs> no, no, no. no, not that one no, It's
1: that, Cool Runnings Oh, you mean that one with Vanilla Ice? No, that's cool as <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <geez. laughs> There's a deep cut for you <laughs> Don, what did you think of Holly's hanger-ons? Did you find them more interesting than the Holly character?
2: I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have they actually had
1: personality. They had
2: more interesting dialogue. They had more well, there was no development, yeah. but they had more interesting reactions to the goings on in Cool World. Mm-hmm. They they definitely had more entertainment value. they their little their their little um, scene where they uh, were building that huge tower of debris in order to watch as Holly became real.
1: Yeah, <laughs> as as Holly makes it with the doodle uh, with the Noid. Yeah,
2: makes it. Yeah, that that was, that was definitely PG'd down <laughs> from what it was intended to be. You
1: could tell. You could so tell. It was like I could almost hear Bakshi in the editing room going, "God, damn. <laughs> them drawing it." He's like, "I had this whole scene drawn up." No, uh, the... <laughs> would you say, Don, that maybe her hanger-ons were actually smarter than Holly in some sense? Maybe not. In
2: some sense. Not, in not... in some sense, definitely. But they were. The one thing they did right about that situation was they made they made or uh, the studio kept those hangers on as enamored of her of Holly as all the men were as enamored uh, enamored of Jessica Rabbit. That yeah. was the one thing that they got right.
1: Right. Yeah. They were they were totally enamored en- enamored. Wow. <laughs> The word for tonight. Enamored. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, (laughs) With her. And uh, you could see why they they hung around her. But at the same time, they got some more street smarts than her as well. Um, you know, because they knew what was going to happen, but they love chaos, so they welcomed it. Versus the rest of the world, including <laughs> the the bunny family and everybody, <laughs> knew exactly what was going to happen in Cool World when Holly made it with Annoyed. Speaking of Noids, there's Annoyed in Cool World. There is the law, the law in the form of Detective Frank. Harris, played by uh, Mr. Brad Pitt, a young Brad Pitt in this film, and uh, Don, how'd you feel about Detective Frank Harris?
2: He was fine. I mean, he was fine. It was one of uh, uh, Brad Pitt's early roles. He he did a decent job. It helped that. Um, it it helped that a lot of the set was just painted backdrops and painted props um, like 2d props yeah. so that they had, so that he didn't have to uh, try to interact with just the animation because that was awkward. Um,
1: <laughs> you mean his, 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 his doodle girlfriend, <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, him and his doodle girlfriend Loretta. That was uh, awkward. Um it, yeah. I mean, they didn't even they didn't even start with sexual tension. They just dropped you in there and coated you in it. Um uh, like cheap perfume. Um <laughs>
1: Is that is but, it is it is it like the equivalent of walking into the uh for those older out there, the department store and having someone just spray you automatically with it without
2: Yes asking? without even without asking your permission. It's just boom, hey, try this perfume, boom, and then you've got six different colognes and perfumes on you and <laughs> Yeah, that's it. And that's uh, cool world. There you go. That is. <laughs> but I I uh Brad Pitt. Um, I had to actually watch parts of it twice to decide how I felt about his interaction with Holly,
1: mm-hmm.
2: because he was supposed to be rough and gruff, and he was supposed to be it was supposed to be the forties, and he was supposed to be a forties soldier, macho fellow, whatever. But he was kind of abusive, and I had to really figure out if he was being abusive or just. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I got that just to speak, you know, looking at it through the modern eyes. It felt like he was very abusive towards holly a little more so than and you're right he he came supposedly came from the 40 well he did not supposedly he came from the 40s because the film actually opens with our introduction to his character and how he motorcycles with his mom and he crashes and ends up getting sucked into cool world right after the death of his mom and he's stuck in cool world for 50 years where you don't age um but So he's still that 40s guy, that 40s mentality, but even so, compared to the other characters around Cool World, he really is abusive to Holly a lot more than you would maybe expect that's comfortable, even because of his role or just as a person. And I'm wondering, because it's an extra special sexual tension between him and Holly, because he's meant to be a young man. Glenn, what do you think? Do you think uh, he was, uh, even especially looking at it through today's eyes, he was actually a bit abusive to Miss Holly, even though she was annoying?
0: He was. um, Part of it, the thing is, though, is you can't kill a doodle. You can't really hurt him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it's it, it might. I don't know if this is the why they did it that way, but it could be just that he spent fifty years with these people that annoy the shit out of him, and he can't do anything to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, now that you say that, it it could be that he's be he's re he's starting to react to her as if he were a doodle instead of if yeah. he were a human.
0: Because he's been there so, so long, he's kind of like acclimated.
2: Yeah, that would make definite sense. Now, I tried really, really hard. I'm going to tell you this. I tried so hard to find depth to this movie. <laughs> it's, I did. Yeah. I tried. I, I tried. Okay, so what if he's... Um, having a massive PTSD psychosis break, and this is what this is supposed to be. And no, it's not that. This movie has no depth. I had to accept that. So the fact that uh, that even this little tiny bit of depth that the character Harris has acclimated to the cool world, doodle world and mentality is more depth than I was able to find in this entire movie, both times I rewatched it for this.
1: Yeah, mad props to Glenn on that, because now that you said that, that, that would explain a lot with his behavior, because even though he hasn't aged, he's still been in Cool World 50 years, um, <clears throat> which, it, especially if you see... The world he lives in—that's gonna eventually get on you after a while. Uh, so I could see that. I could see that he—he he either he, he kind of was thought of himself as a doodle, or knew he couldn't help these, you know, hurt these folks. So after a while, he just didn't care what he did to people, except of course his his girlfriend, um, who is the waitress at a club. I think she was a waitress, or she served maybe more than that but i think she was just a waitress it's never really truly established what kind of services she actually provided at the club but uh his his devoted uh love interest not holly uh oh, what was her lynette. name lynette thank you i i liked the lynette character actually quite a bit glenn how'd you feel with lynette his his, his love interest
0: She's got more appeal than Holly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Did, did she feel like a, a bit of an old one of the old school, uh, you know, characters from the 40s, female characters from the 40s? Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah which, which which would explain why, how they did it together, because she's, you know, obviously a doodle who was, you know, someone from, you know, that kind of uh, 1940s-esque time frame. And he is a guy from the 1940s. Right. I can see how they kind of like got together because they kind of have probably all the same mentality to begin with.
1: Yeah. Where Holly is always upgrade, uh, updating herself and being more modern. She is more of kind of the classic character that he would have been used to. Don, I'm sorry. Uh, Don, what you about you?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely got that, that same vibe.
1: Yeah. as uh, Lonette. Yeah, so I, I got that too And and I liked her character quite a bit Actually, with her character <laughs> I felt like What are you doing with Detective Harris? <laughs> you know, but I guess He might be the best option in Cool World Once you see everybody else in Cool World um, but, Yeah,
0: what should you know, do? Date, date, date the baby?
1: Yeah <laughs> The gorilla? What? The gorilla. Uh, Sparks, the guy who carries around the skull coins, who I found more fascinating, too. And he was definitely uh, pulled from a Bakshi <laughs> a movie uh, in his design and in his portrayal. Uh, Don, what about you with Sparks? Would you say that Sparks... Uh, did you want to see more of Sparks? And wouldn't you say that he is like the classic Bakshi character?
2: Absolutely, I wanted to see more of most of the secondary characters, and the only time Holly got interesting is at, it's at the very end
1: mm-hmm.
2: when it was her and superhero well hung Dudley doright. <laughs>
1: because, folks, uh, the whole thing with Holly is once she turns real, she wants to go into the real world, which she does with Jack Deeb's. But then uh, things start going awry and the border between doodle world, uh, cool world and the real world starts breaking down. So she keeps flipping in and out of becoming a tune or not, as does Jack. So she goes looking for the spike which is from Vegas Vinny, who was the only doodle to ever make it in the real world. And the spike is above the classic casino. And so she wants to go get the spike. And when she removes it, it does break that barrier. And our our man, Jack Deeb's, turns into, yes, a well-hung superhero cape-wheeling Dudley Do-Right. dick.
0: <laughs> <Pencil, yeah. laughs> what? <laughs> Pencil dick,
1: pencil dick. Yes, because that's what she called. You're right. Holly did get interesting in like the last 15 minutes of this movie because, or the last because once she when she starts on her mission to go for the spike, suddenly Holly has a little bit more to her, and I actually. Also found her a bit interesting because she wasn't going to let anything stand in her way. She utilized her turning into a doodle in the real world to jump through walls. And let's face it, at one point she just cold blooded kills Detective Frank Harris. <laughs> I mean, just not even a thought. Glenn, how'd you feel about Hollywood Baby? Did you think she maybe got at least a little more interesting in the last uh, in the, during the climax of this film, for lack of a better term?
0: Um, I mean, at least the way that they used her became more interesting. Right. Well, yeah. Um, so yeah, I can, I can see that I, it's the whole time I'm watching this though, too, especially when this whole scene where she's sliding between doodle and human, I'm like, why the fuck do you want to be human? <laughs> you, you, you don't age. You can't die. You can just like walk through walls and pretty much have whatever you want. Oh, but you know it would be better? If I could get old and die.
1: (laughs) Well, they touch on it, but as Dawn said, this isn't a deep film, but it feels like it it wants to be more. She does touch on it when she explains to Harris at one point, while in the cool world, how she wants to feel and touch things, which makes you wonder.
0: I suppose, yeah, I, I forgot about that
1: well, it's so brief. I mean, it's brief, and it's you think she's maybe playing it off, but it they don't explore it anymore outside of that one little uh, exposition of lines uh, that she wants to touch and feel and actually, you know, feel something because you get the impression doodles don't have any feelings or touching whatsoever. That's why they can do whatever the hell they want. Uh,
0: I mean, it, it might also come across better. If, if Kim could deliver her lines better than just, you know, a tipsy sorority girl.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> I think Don would agree with that. Well, and and what really... A, a thing that really just also lost me in the movie was all... It, it wasn't just the, the line delivery, which was spectacularly awful, but it was... Anytime she had any sort of singing gig, it wasn't her singing. It was somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, is it as, as a cartoon when she was a doodle, I could see that because that's part of being a doodle. Mm-hmm. She's kind of jumping into this other character-ish. But then even when she was a real girl and she was singing in that lounge, it wasn't her singing.
1: What? What do you mean that wasn't Kim Basinger singing? What?
2: And and okay. half the time, I'm, I was just... Oh, her voice is just annoying and I hated listening to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think Glenn hit it on the head. She delivers her lines, especially in this film, the way her voice is in that, like a, a, a drunk sorority girl. I mean, she she really <laughs> plays it off. Take your cliché a late 80s sorority sister character that you've seen in other films at alcohol, and she that's how she delivers her line. And I don't think that was the right... I really wish Tracy Lords would have been cast for (laughs) this role, because I think she would have been able to bring a little bit different approach to this character than what we get. Um... And, and yeah, it just the way her lines are delivered and everything, but, uh, but it's a toss off line. She does these toss off lines, so that throws your motivation why she want to be human. But yeah, I had the same question, Glenn, is why really would you? You could freaking fall off a building in Cool World <laughs> as a doodle and just peel yourself off and keep going. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, I I, in, I found entertainment in this, but this film is very just there. I mean, com, it, it, especially if you compare it to Roger Rabbit, there is just night and day. In so much, this just felt like a uh, poor imitation of it, and it makes me wonder what his actual vision would would have been like. Uh, you know, I, I mean, Don, do you do you see the potential here for what Cool World could have been and what we ended up getting.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even, I mean, just, and we've mentioned it several times, look at Frank Bakshi's other work. Yeah. Look at his other catalog. Mm -hmm. And. I mean, wizards, Fritz, the cat. I mean, just those are the.
1: Just the top of your head where this world who would fit definitely in cool world. Especially exactly. Especially Fritz the Cat. Fritz the Cat lives somewhere in Cool World.
2: Oh. <laughs> Most definitely. I, I mean, though those are the kinds of movies and, and he was going for a Frank Miller-esque world and the potential is all there from from the artwork. The artwork acting aside, the artwork. Was almost as good as the music, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Oh, Glenn, would you agree the the animation and artwork in this uh, w- would, was almost as good as the music, and probably some of the best part of the movie?
0: <laughs> no, no. Oh, you didn't like I it? I would agree. the The arc is good, uh-huh. but the music is ah. far. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, on a scale, it is, it is. It is very good animation.
1: Yes. It's classic Bakshi animation, and it's very good animation, and it reminded me a bit of... Well, that's the thing. When Sparks showed up, I get I got excited watching this. Now, here I am, you know, older and, and not wiser, but older at least, and when I, Sparks show up, I go, holy crap, that's his nod to American Pop, <laughs> the, the Sparks character, and I'm like, oh, we're going to see him, and he's got these cool coins with the skull faces, and... That's as much as we get of Spark. I mean, he, he throws a little bit into it later on where he rats Holly out that she's making it with Annoyed. but that's a character that I'm like, oh, that's Backsheet. I want to see those characters. I don't want to see Holly's vacuous Holly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I dug the animation. I, I like the animation because it goes along with them. Instead of making it cartoons like in Roger Rabbit, we are talking doodles. So when you do the live-action parts and some of it is actually flat, that actually worked for me. I, I enjoyed that bit with, with some of the, um, you know, where we get the, the when uh, Brad Pitt's by himself and he's actually interacting with the set and you actually have those flat uh, set pieces. I thought that made sense. Um yes you know quite a bit and and so that was fitting but it it really is a film that you're just like ah when is something actually really you're going this is back dude this is not the back i was hoping for in this at all oh you know and yeah it's it is what it is i mean there's as you said there's not a whole lot and uh there's not a huge much to talk about. I mean, Brad Pitt, I think, does best for his the the age that he is in this film. I think they should have gotten someone maybe a little older. No, you don't think he so? was.
2: No, he was right for what he was cast for. Mm. If he was cast for a young soldier returning from World War Two, he was an age appropriate.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. It just. I mean. I think. I'm impressed because of the role he took. It's, it's for the, the major part that his character plays within this film. I'm wondering if it was maybe just a little bit much for him at first. I mean, he's a good actor. Don't get me wrong. but there's...
2: I don't think he was intended to be the strong character. No. The hero of the piece was Gabriel Byrne, and he did not play a strong character. <laughs> I think it's a testament to Brad Pitt's talent that he came across as the primary character when he actually wasn't.
1: Uh, you're right, I stand corrected. It is supposed to be Gabriel Byrne, but G- Byrne, he just seems like he's there. <laughs> this, uh, mm-hmm. His character the whole time, I, I'm like, I don't care. I really have no... At times, I forgot he existed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you don't want that with the guy who's supposedly the one who's controlling all this with Cool World, which we know he's not, but still, I mean, he just, he is just so, like, eh. So you're right. Compared to the two, Brad Pitt's talent at this young age shows through and shows that he's not meant to be the main character, but he he actually is the main focus and the primary. Uh, Glenn, how'd you feel about Gabriel Byrne in this?
0: I normally like Gabriel Byrne a lot, mm-hmm. but... I, I mean, I think the character is just nothing. He's kind of pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's. It's also the cliché that they're, the, you know, the quote-unquote reluctant hero. Yeah. You know, and he's also so clueless. Yeah. <laughs> he. It's, I mean, they they try to ha- give you make you have some kind of sense of of i guess sympathy for him for what he went through you know being in jail and prison and all blah 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 blah, blah cry me a river whatever you're boring
1: <laughs> <laughs> he he is a pathetic character that you, i never feel any type of redemption or change for his character at all in this whole thing i i really don't and rewatching it as well i'm like yeah he is supposed to be the main focus but I want to just see more Brad Pitt. His character is at least far more interesting and yeah. in doing something.
0: Well, it, it works out that at the end he becomes this this cookie cutter, uh, you know, cutout of, a, of this, you know, superhero. Yeah. Who's still super freaking boring.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, he's he's he, vanilla. He is. He's totally vanilla. Even his superhero character, his in, incarnation of superhero is just, there you don't you're like you're not even impressed with it you're like wow really that is what you're you're stuck with and he's permanently changed that way now and i just yeah it it would have been very interesting to see defoe as this character but i don't know if defoe could even have done much with it with the way he was written don do you think maybe it was the writing of the character and not necessarily burns performance itself that was lacking for Jack
2: <sighs> Okay, I'm going to go on a, off on a little bit of a tangent here. Oh, by all means. And bring up a little movie called Red Dust, 1932. Um, Clark Gable and oh my God, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Um, blonde Bombshell from the 30s. Uh, take your pick. Anyhow, <laughs> It doesn't matter. It's Gene an awful movie.
1: Gene Harlow. Par-
2: Gene Harlow, yes. Um, spectacularly poorly written movie. It's one of the most, one of the worst written movies ever. <laughs> I revisit that movie as often as I can because it is the shining example of a of phenomenal actors taking a bad. Awful script, and turning it into a good movie. Mm-hmm. Do I think Willem Dafoe could have done that? It's entirely possible. Um, but it's it's we'll never know because yeah. that's not what we got.
1: <laughs> that's true. That is not what we got. But you know, I almost wonder if. Ralph Bakshi and his frustration with them making it a PG film, if part of the reason the film is the way it is is because he was so pissed off at the studio. <laughs> it makes me wonder if that's why part of this film is the way it is, Uh is because of that. What do you think, Glenn? You think maybe we got some director rage and he kind of...
2: Maybe. Rage, director rage.
1: Director rage, (laughs) where he may have not necessarily sabotaged, but really just uh, said, fuck it with this movie.
0: (laughs) Possibly. Um, But then again, I also wonder how much of it was also just changes that were made when it was out of his hands, too.
1: Right. Yeah, the 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 studio wanting to make it something different, so they looked what they got and went, "Oh crap! No, we're we can change this. We can make it better." (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I can see that. Don, what about you? You think director rage, or do you think it's it's more of the studio's uh, finagling of the film because it wasn't what they were hoping it to be?
2: Um. both mm-hmm. um because if i'm reading this correctly the studio promised bakshi the hard r and then but
1: along changed
2: came, in the middle
1: along came Passenger. Uh, yeah
2: yes so <laughs> i mean here he's making a hard r film and then the rug gets pulled under him, saying, "Yeah, well, we changed our mind. You got to make something kid friendly so we can play this for the kiddies." So, yeah. a little bit of both. There was definitely bitterness mm-hmm. evident in the film.
1: Yeah, I, I saw a quote somewhere about uh, when he went in the with Kim, and he he made some kind of comment that was just just like, had he known he would have never agreed to the film or something (laughs) along that lines. I I forgot where I read that, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, you could tell. There's just, this film could have been so much more, and there's just not. Ah, there it is. I I wanted to find it. Uh, Yeah, the mid-production meeting, Kim Basinger told Ralph Bakshi and Frank Mancuso Jr. that it would be wonderful if she could show this movie to sick children in hospitals. And Bakshi replied, Kim... I think that's wonderful, but you've got the wrong guy to do that with. Why didn't you tell me that on the way in? How are you telling me this halfway through the picture? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, ah, crap. (laughs) Yeah, and he's got a point. And it makes me wonder, too. I'm like, you get Ralph Bakshi, you know his body of work, yet you go, hey, Ralph, make us a PG film for the kids. And he'll be like, what? That's not me, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, none of his body of work is for kids. Not really.
1: No, not not kids, no. (laughs) Don't don't show Bakshi films to kids. You'll have a lot of discussions afterwards, probably. Um, I would like (laughs) to throw out, and we'll wrap it up for the night, uh, but uh, I just want to throw out there that I find it interesting that uh, Michelle Abrams... Uh, plays the neighbor of Jack Deeb's well the daughter of uh, the neighbor of Jack Deeb's who ends up kind of helping them uh, out and she plays a character named Jennifer Malley she also played a character Jennifer in a film uh, I believe that same year Buffy the Vampire Slayer (laughs) I found that fascinating, and when I saw her, I recognized her instantly, because I'm like, oh my god, that's Jennifer from Buffy, because I watch Buffy constantly. I know it was not true to the source material. I wasn't aware of it at the time. I just loved the movie. Uh, The
2: movie is fun.
1: The movie was so much fun. Saw it in a theater and watched it many times afterwards. But when I saw her in this film, I totally forgot she was in this film. But when I saw her, when I was rewatching it, like, holy crap. And she's playing a character named Jennifer. Hmm. Were they giving a little nod back? Nah, probably not. Coincidence. But still, I just found that interesting that she plays Jennifer in back to back films in the same year. Um, so that, that was She's also
0: in one of the greatest movies ever made.
1: Which one was that? Troll 2. Yes, she <laughs> was. She was. That was her first film, I do believe, was Troll 2. In fact, she played, uh, yes. the Woodtails girl in Troll 2. So, yes, she's in that as well. Uh, didn't have a long career, uh, but, uh, she was in a few films. Uh, but Buffy and Cool World, I think, were kind of the. Biggest films outside of Troll, um, Troll Two, excuse me. So, but yeah, I just found it kind of interesting that she uh, did that in the same year, same named characters. So, but uh, I think we'll wrap it up tonight. Uh, I think we'll end it with a hypothesis. A, we'll we'll take a little bit of, we'll we'll open up our imagination and think of what if, uh, what if. Bakshi wanted to still make his hard R film instead of studio wise, he would do crowdfunding. Do you think he would be able to get the funding for it? And what type of film do you think you would have got? You think it'd been more classic Bakshi, or you know, just in general just hypothesis if he was trying to make this film today, hard R, would he get the money for it? And how do you think that film would play out, Don?
2: He would definitely get money for it. It would def it would but it would depend on how much he was asking. Uh-huh. He would do better than Uwe Boll Um would it be traditional bakshi? Well, yes, because that's what people would be paying for. Right. But I think there would also be a definite slice of porn in there. <laughs>
1: If he was free reign bakshi. You mean?
2: Yes. I mean, just based on the plot. Yeah.
1: It it would definitely be unrated.
2: Uh huh.
1: <laughs> and not meant for children in hospitals.
2: Definitely not meant for children in hospitals.
1: Uh, what about you, Glenn?
0: oh man personally I think yes I think he would get his money
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think it would end up being a oh man what's the word I want to use um, a train wreck of uh <laughs> Of of offensiveness,
1: it just just Um, be be a colossal parade of offensive things that every group in the world would have a problem with.
0: Well, that a lot of people would. I I think so. I think this is it's a type of thing that would attract. If if he had this true gritty image of of what he wanted, but of course, I think it would. I don't think it'd be pure backsheet because I think it'd be tempered by it being made now, right? Um, which I think. True, like uncensored backsheet, you couldn't do now, uh-huh. and doing it now, it would attract some of the worst fanboys <laughs> uh, that exist, uh-huh. who would all think it was some amazing thing. And uh, I don't know. It, it would. I, I think they would it, because they would miss the points he was trying to make. Right. It, it, this is the people would like this. Are the people who think that uh, Rick and Morty, that they think Rick is a hero? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of people watch watch Rick and Morty think he's like some like role model type person. He's like, he's not. He's the villain. Yes. So I think that's what would happen is people, it, it, it would go, you'd have people who would just write it up because it's offensive. Right. Um, and they, they wouldn't watch it or they would watch it and they would, they would also, because they would have been watching, looking for things that would offend them uh-huh. without understanding why it's offensive. Right. Um, and I, I do think that because it's Bakshi, you would have some things that were simply in there. that is just the, what what was that whole the, Like, like Don said, what was that whole porn section? That's just Bakshi. <laughs> dude, dude, dude likes naked titties. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> And then you'd have the other group that would watch this and somehow, you know, they would, you know, they'd be the type who would be like, you'd have like a Holly type character. They'd be like, yeah, she's she's the hero. She's the one. She's just trying to, you know, survive in this world where everyone else is trying to pull her down. It's like, no, she she almost destroyed the world, dude. Two (laughs) worlds. She almost killed everybody. And was
1: and was cheering and laughing and riding wild ripoff demons from Fantasia. Uh, while it was happening (laughs) yeah, which I found hilarious at the end of this film you're absolutely right because at the end of this film she ends up turning back into her cartoon self but she's happy about it she went through the whole movie trying to become real she puts the spear back or she pulls the spear out and suddenly she's cartoon again but now it's acceptable and she's happy that she's destroying two worlds yeah yeah Yeah, so it's definitely an interesting film, and I do say I I like their attempt. You can see what they were possibly going for on this. Uh, I agree he would definitely get funding for it, just for his name and fans alone, but uh, it would be a film that would be discussed in many different groups. And you would have many a petition out there signed.
2: <laughs> well, and, and, and I'm just thinking, because you specifically mentioned if it was crowdfunded. Right. If it was crowdfunded, he would probably get to make the film he wanted with, and and regardless of any backlash, and there would be backlash.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, he would. It, it would be just, there you go, back she, in, in true form, and the thing is, Bakshi wouldn't care about the backlash. In fact, he might even revel in it. <laughs> A little Fair bit, enough. I, I would think. Or at least, you know, just go, oh, they don't get it, screw them. You know? <laughs> this, this is my film. Ah, uh, uh, to live that way. Yeah, I know. So there you have it, folks. Cool World. Uh, interesting film. Uh, definitely, it lives in the... It is definitely a weaker of the films uh, that came out in that span of years for animation and live action. Uh, Everything that Roger Rabbit excelled at, uh, Cool World came up short, but that's what happens when you get a director like Ralph Bakshi with knowing his body of work, and then, for lack of a better term, you neuter his work. (laughs) Whether or not you agree with his work or not, as a director, you neuter it, and you can tell in this film quite a bit that it was chopped up, had producers in it, and was not meant for the rating it got. So there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for listening to us talk about this film. I thank my panel, as always, for their time. I appreciate it very much, getting the kind of the original band here of glenn and dawn in the spoiler room and now this is their license to shill so please anything you have to shill please go ahead and tell our fine listeners where you can find whatever you want to pimp so dawn
2: well you know what i'm gonna do i know
1: exactly about the horror
2: film fest because you bet i am so coming up in october uh Northeast Wisconsin or New Horror Film Fest in lovely Oshkosh, Wisconsin at the Historic and Fantastic Time Theater in downtown Oshkosh. Hardworking volunteers, they they have been spectacular in supporting this and other film fests and independent filmmakers. Um, If you are in the area, you should definitely check it out. And if you don't check it out, If you don't check out the Horror Film Fest, they do have various other films happening there for very reasonable prices. Um, Often they have, what is it, Horror Fridays and classic Mm -hmm. movies throughout the year. Um, So the second weekend of October, the new Horror Film Fest. And you might even see films by people that you like to and listen to here in the spoiler room.
1: It's a possibility that there might be someone from the spoiler room or two who might have a film playing at the new horror film festival. Actually, not might. They do. Uh, and you might <laughs> see some familiar faces as well.
0: Uh, Wait, gr- a film? Then where might get cut? <laughs> I said a
1: film or two. I do not oh. see. Glenn, <laughs> uh, leads a great open door for you to pimp your stuff, sir. I got nothing. You got nothing.
0: No. Um, so yeah, I am showing two of my short horror films at the Oshkosh Horror Film. Sorry, the new Northeastern Wisconsin Horror Film Festival. Um, they were rejected from the Oshkosh Horror Film Festival. <laughs> when on that year where they had like a thousand submissions. So yeah. <laughs> I I if if John ever hears this, I don't bear you any ill will about that, man. Um uh you can also just you can if you can't make it they're on YouTube. Mhm. in a Bunker Productions. You can watch them on there. Otherwise you can just follow me on Twitter. Uh what is my Twitter handle now? I changed it. You I changed remember. it. Yeah, I yeah. now it's Games in a Bunker. Ah, Games so in a Bunker. Doing a lot more stuff with games and other reasons. So. Nice.
1: And he likes to play games in his bunker.
0: So. I do. Uh,
1: some fantastic games. He's a great games master. Uh, so yeah, check out his stuff. I thank you both as always, uh, my friends for joining us here in the spoiler room. I hope you folks found this interesting and yet to sum up cool world, definitely get the soundtrack, both of them, the score by Mark Isham and the vocal soundtrack, because it, it is, it is so solid and so on repeat in in my playlists and it is the probably the best thing it no not probably it is the best thing to come out of this film but there are bits and pieces in this film you may enjoy including the artwork especially if you're a Brad Pitt fan uh you may enjoy seeing his early work but it is not uh one of the better examples of animated live action films out there or just films in the general from the nineties unfortunately so there you have it, thank you so much for listening, folks. And now, let's just say good night, everyone. Good night, night everyone. everyone. Do, 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 do. I'm, I'm not even gonna try to do bowie, but uh, <laughs> in a real cool world, okay. Now, I'm gonna have to want to oh. hear the sound. Oh my gosh, no, <laughs> right. oh. I just, I, I think it just made everybody's ears bleed. <laughs> Hey, all my friends out there looking for more spoiler room goodness, then why don't you check out our brand new Patreon page, Patreon.com/specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to exclusive spoiler room episodes and a whole lot more. You can also find us on Facebook groups at SMprd and on to Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the spoiler room, as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support, and remember in the spoiler room. The conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies.